a world of information, advice and support available 24-7. The best way to stay current with great ideas. Love and support. Uplifting and reassuring. A constant source of inspiration and positive thinking. Like a staff room without cynics. Gives you a sense of belonging. An unlimited resource. A very supportive bunch of like-minded people. The reason I'm where I am today. A source of mad sanity in the crazy world of teaching. Feel the love. You're listening to the MFL Twitterati podcast, the podcast celebrating the voices of languages teachers from around the world. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the MFL Twitterati podcast, the podcast aimed at language teachers wanting to find new ways of enhancing language learning with and without the use of technology. My name's Noah Geisel. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, podcast buddy, partner in crime, Joe Dale. Joe, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Absolutely buzzing. Can't wait for this episode to get started on music in the languages classroom. How about you, Noah? How's it going with you? I am doing just stellar. I'm with you. Music is just a part of what got me to fall in love with the Spanish language as a language learner and something that has always been central to my approach to teaching the language as well. So really super mega muy excited to share that with our listeners. Awesome stuff. Now, our regular listeners will know that in last month's episode, we announced a cool competition from our sponsor, Linguascope, to win a free subscription to its award-winning language learning platform. And we're delighted to announce that the winner of this amazing prize is the one and only... Vicky Brownlee from Howden School in Ghoul. Congratulations, Vicky. Well done, Vicky. And here is Vicky's reaction to the news. Hi, it's Vicky Brownlee of Vic underscore VBR on Twitter. I'm really excited because we've just won some new resources for our school, Howden School, by participating in the MFL Twitterati Linguascope competition. Twitter is great for accessing CPD, sharing resources, also some great fun and great promotion stuff. I use it under both my name and under a pseudonym for a bit more fun. And Linguascope's great for transition. We use it a lot in language clubs, a lot with pupils doing random strange languages just for a little bit of fun and excitement but also with those transition units, beginner learners, and the conjugation station is great for the grammar and for the more able learners. I'd like to say thank you to Linguisco and thank you to MFL Twitterati for giving us this opportunity to win. Bye. And congratulations again to Vicky for winning our competition. And thanks, obviously, to Linguiscope for making that competition possible. Now, no, I noticed that you played a funny sort of sound just before I mentioned Vicky's name. Can you maybe tell the audience what that was? Absolutely. That was the DJ Airhorn. <laughs> And uh, it's a fun little app that I discovered recently for Spanish teachers, especially if you listen to reggaeton music. I think it's really appropriate to this uh, episode of MFL Twitterati podcast because that DJ Airhorn is something that you hear all the time in reggaeton music these days. And there's a free app available on Android as well as iOS called DJ Horn. It's a pretty simple app when you download it. It has a single button, and when you press it... It makes that sound. And uh, in addition to being an extremely annoying noise, it's also <laughs> just a great way to engage students, great way to break things up, celebrate things, highly encourage teachers to check it out and use it in your classroom. You know, similarly to the way we just did to congratulate Vicky in announcing her as the winner of our sponsor, Linguiscope's contest for last episode. I was checking out the app myself a couple of days ago, and I noticed that if you click on settings, there's actually a whole range of different sounds that you can employ. It doesn't have to be just that 
very, very enticing and enjoyable sound that you just played. But actually, there's a whole range of sounds, including, I believe, seven different fart sounds, which obviously is a great thing to do in the languages classroom. So, yeah, so you can use it as a way of congratulating somebody. Any sorts of game show activities will work really well. For those people who are looking for other solutions, there's also the iOS app Boss Jock Junior, which is a type of soundboard. You can either load in sound effects from other places from, say, Dropbox or Google Drive, or you can record things live. So you can customize your own sound pad if you would like to. And for Windows, there's Jingle Palette, which you can use in a similar way, but you can't record directly into Jingle Palette. You have to upload it from somewhere else. But that's also a really nice way of creating lots of different sound pads with your customized audio files you could then use in a variety of ways in the languages classroom. So cool stuff, Noah. Thanks for introducing everyone to DJ Airhorn. Yeah, and Joe, speaking of DJs, I don't know if it's a thing in the UK for morning radio show hosts to have a bunch of kind of sound effects that they play, um, you know, the boink sound and... You know, all that stuff. And I, I think that the apps that you're talking about, Joe Dale, for giving yourself a soundboard is something that, you know, we were really excited about years and years ago. I feel like I messaged you about this, you know, when we first got connected over Twitter for an app that you were sharing back in the day for iOS only that had maybe eight colored squares on it and you could record a sound for each one. And I brought that back into my class because it allowed me as a classroom teacher to be a morning show radio DJ where I was conducting my class where I had sound effects to match situations that would come up in class. And so it wasn't just me saying muy bien every time or excelente every time. I had all these other noises, including recordings of students in my class saying those things. And so it was a great way to bring their voices in, celebrate them and get them engaged. Yeah, that's really, really cool. That is actually the app I was just referred to, which is Boss Chock Junior. And I'm a big fan. One of the features I particularly like is when you play music and then you hold your finger down on the microphone, it automatically ducks the music under your vocal. For those people that don't appreciate what that means, basically it just means it makes the music quieter automatically while you're holding down on the microphone. And then when you take your finger off the microphone, the volume of the music then goes up again. So it means that you can make yourself sound like a professional radio DJ host, but in your classroom. Great stuff. Absolutely. And there you go, Joe, getting all technical for everybody who's... uh... Now that Joe's in a podcast seat, everybody, and everything's so technical. Yeah, ducking in regular English fade outs. Uh, Joe, you know, we mentioned briefly about Linguiscope. I think we have another really exciting announcement about our sponsor, Linguiscope, to share with listeners. Yeah, absolutely. In the last episode, I mentioned some commission codes which Linguiscope kindly made available. And these are still valid until the end of August. And if you use them, you get a whopping 25% discount on all Linguiscope products ordered on their online shop. Linguiscope offers a host of resources to make teachers' life easier. Games, workbooks, reference tools, posters, reward stickers, incentives, and much more. Linguiscope ships anywhere in the world, so everyone can take advantage of this amazing offer. To claim your 25% discount, simply go to shop.linguiscope.com. That's shop.linguiscope.com and quote promo code podcast at checkout. So Noah, how did the Bad Summit and ISTE go in Philly that you talked about on the previous podcast? And I think the podcast before that as well. You know, so well, it was just an amazing experience. Bad Summit, we we pulled it off. We had over 20 breakout sessions. We had folks from, you know, as far away as Oman and Canada and Israel coming to Philadelphia to share about digital badge credentials and their passion for changing the world, really. And so it was an amazing conference. Minu Rami from Minecraft gave the keynote. She was amazing. And then got to follow that up by going to ISTE. And ISTE is 
the largest educational technology conference here in the U.S. Around 20,000 educators descended on Philadelphia for that conference for just several days of amazing learning, sharing, connections, all these people who you you know engage with on Twitter with your PLN, getting to just go out and have lunch with them is just a really special thing. I had a chance to take a nice walk and then grab dinner with former Spanish teacher, now just ed tech guru, Matt Miller, which was always a lot of fun. And you know, just it was an amazing conference. And two things that I really appreciated was a couple of trends that I was picking up on at ISTE. You know, one is something that I'm really passionate about, and especially I see this happy in digital badge credentials, and that, that's this notion of recognition, which, you know, for people who are into one word, I think my one word for the 1920 school year, I'm announcing it right here first, is going to be recognition. And just so much of what I saw in sessions on the exhibitor floor hall was all around just recognition of learning achievement. And the other thing that really popped for me at ISTE was you know, we for years have been talking about the importance of accessibility and that, you know, not everyone shares the same abilities physically, emotionally, and that, you know, levels of readiness and that we need to be accommodating learning in order to make it accessible for all. And one of the things I'm noticing in June, July, August of 2019 is that we're finally starting to walk the talk and not just say the right things, but people are doing the right things and doing it for all the right reasons. And so that was really inspiring to me. And I'm really excited to see where things go with that. Yeah, that's really amazing, actually. That's really cool stuff there, Noah. I did uh, remember listening to the podcast that you did for your On Education podcast around the same time. Oh, you heard that. Well, I, I did. I mean, I, not that I'm jealous at all, uh, Noah, but I did feel a little bit, you know, like, you know, what have I done wrong? You know, why are you appearing on other podcasts? I mean, come <laughs> on, Noah, what's what's the deal here? <laughs> yeah, no, no love lost, Joe. You're still my number one boo. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the on education guys at Mr. Washburn, at Irv Spanish, and Glenn at Irv Spanish is somebody who, you know, is a Spanish teacher and Minecraft guy for folks who want to see how those two things combine. You know, he was having his students, instead of taking field trips to real places. He was having students design their own worlds in Minecraft and then start their own travel agencies in Spanish to promote their Minecraft worlds, which is pretty amazing. But yeah, those two guys have a podcast all around educational technology called On Education. It's consistently one of the top podcasts in the education system in iTunes. And they're just amazing educators who are speaking truth every single episode. They have lots of great guests and occasionally slum it with me. And, and it's a lot of fun. We do a regular bit called Dig It or Ditch It, where I throw out concepts to them. And, and then we kind of riff on them as far as whether or not they are digging or ditching those, those ideas. So my question to you, Noah Geisel, is MFL Twitterati podcast on education podcast, Dig It or Ditch It? Hardcore dig, Joe. Cool. That was the right answer. Well done. Uh, so, Joe, how have you been? Enough about me. I mean, I know you've been traveling and you've been changing the world as well. What's up? Absolutely. So last week um, I was in Cardiff. I had a fantastic time with uh, some international educators from around Europe. And we were focusing on the use of mobile technologies in Languages Classroom. And in fact, I mentioned one of the tools, which I know is on your radar at the moment. Do you want to maybe introduce that for our listeners right now? Let's jump right in then. Radar. You know, I'm going to start off where my radar moment with wheelofnames.com. And what Wheel of Names is, is as opposed to a lot of our app-based tools, this is a browser-based tool that allows you to fill in fields with inputs, in this case, names. And so it acts as a name picker for just to randomly call on names. You enter names in a spreadsheet, essentially, 
And then it creates a wheel for folks in the UK who have ever seen Wheel of Fortune. It's sort of like Wheel of Fortune, but instead of numbers, it's names. You click it, it spins the wheel and then lands on a student. And, you know, one of the things that, that I love about it is you can also upload words that aren't names. You can upload images and you can save each wheel with its own unique URL. So if you teach six sections of French, Joe, you can save six different wheel of name spinners for your different classes. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got these standard name spinners like uh, Wheel Decide or the, the Fruit Machine type activity on classtools.net, which is great for sort of one or two words. But what I particularly like about Wheel of Names is the fact that there's a lot more variety. You can upload a number of different words in a short phrase, for example. It could be two, three or four words. You can split your screen as well. So in other words, what you can do is you can have on the left-hand side wheel, it could be the verb, and then on the the other wheel on the right-hand side of your browser, you could have, for example, a place where the person was going or the activity the person was doing. And by doing that, by pressing on each individual wheel, you can then randomly select a sentence for the children to either say out loud as a spoken task or to write down in their exercise book. So I think that's a really, really nice feature. And I also, as you just mentioned, I also really, really like the fact you can now upload images to the wheel as well. So you could have lots and lots of different images. You could use a website like autodraw.com, which allows you to draw an image and then it then suggests through artificial intelligence a number of different professional looking clip art that it thinks you're trying to draw. So for example, when I demonstrate this, I normally draw a light bulb. And then above the screen, it has a picture of a, a light bulb. It has a picture of a hat with a propeller on the top. It has a skull. It has a sofa or a divan, as you might say. And it's really cool. So then you click on the one it's supposed to be, and then it then appears as the actual professional looking clip art. So you can color the lines, you can fill it with different colors. You could create a whole scene if you want to do for vocab learning. I've done that in relation to book creator and then adding audio hotspots over the top of each image and make them invisible, which is also really, really cool. So that's just wonderful. And it's pretty unlimited, the number of items you can add within the wheel as well. So you're not restricted to, say, 10 or 15 different items. You could easily have it for every person in your class, but you could also have it for many, many different random options as well. And for those people listening to this who haven't got a clue on how to actually split the screen, here are a couple of solutions. So for Chrome users, there's a Chrome extension called Tab Resize, and that allows you to choose exactly how many windows are open. So you could actually have two, three, or four windows if you really wanted to open at the same time. And then on Safari, top right, you've got the little icon which has got two squares, one superimposed over the other. And if you hold your finger down on that, one of the options is, as long as you've got you know, a more up-to-date iPad, is split view. So if you hold your finger down on split view or open split view, you then get the two windows, both in Safari, and you just go to wheelofnames.com in both upload your content and then you can then tap on each spinner and when one of them is selected it says the item that comes up and then you can click remove if you want to to remove that from the selection so i really think the wheel of names is, is well above any sort of other name picker or random selection tool that's out there so i would really encourage all the mfl twitterati listeners to check it out in their own classroom yeah totally joe and to your point about how unlimited you are last year at actful at the assembly of delegates we saw this used with a room of roll calling for adults. So we had 50 different United States represented in the room. And the facilitator, Paul Sandrock, was able to spin the wheel of names, but the names, instead of being individuals, were for states. And so you had 50 different states represented. So that's an interesting way of using it, not with students, but actually with adults and professional learning. 
And, you know, for folks who, you know, are listening to this and thinking, oh man, I wish that, you know, this podcast was visual. I'm only hearing this. I'm not picturing it. You know, one way that, that I kind of think of this is back in the day, I used to print out dice and, you know, write different Spanish words and phrases on each of the six sides of dice and students would roll the dice. And so this is a way of making that digital and saving paper and, and uh, changing the world in that way. Joe, let's continue with our radar. What is your radar moment for this month's episode? So as we decided on this theme's episode would be music and song in the languages classroom, I've obviously been, as part of my research, looking out for good radar moments that I can then mention on the podcast. And I came across a really interesting idea from Canadian teacher rock star Etienne Tu or Stephen Longlois from rockyourclass.com. And he was using Skittles, like candy or sweets, as we'd say in England. He was using Skittles as a language learning activity. And here is Stephen to tell us more. Thank you, Joe and Noah, for inviting me to join you on today's podcast. As you know, language teachers are often the beacons or pillars of their school, right? I mean, they are the teacher rock stars. And teachers are performers. I mean, isn't that why administration gives us performance appraisals? Well, this week on rockyourclass.com, I highlighted one of my favorite strategies to wow administration and to engage students. It's called the Skittles activity. What I love about it is that it effectively engages students from start to finish. Let's face it, you can't lose if you're incorporating candy, colors, and play with your learning. It's a triple win. You can do this activity with grids filled with numbers, letters, course content, or even with streets and country maps. It allows for cross-curricular action. Plus, since you're using Skittles, you can inject some adjective play as well. Joe and Noah, I tell you what, if our colleagues need a visual of how this works, I'm going to pass along a link to you that you can share on your website. Or they can just hop over to rockyourclass.com, where I have a quick blog, a short video, and because language teachers stick together, I have already made a complete Skittles activity lesson plan pack on free download. And in this pack, I've pre-made sample scripts and grids and maps. They're in PDF and in Word for easy editing and manipulation. Basically, the work is 90% done for you. To do the Skittles activity, all you need is Skittles candies, Microsoft Word or equivalent, and paper. Step one, you create a Skittles activity template grid. Think of like a big bingo card, but in each square is a possible answer. You can add in your own curriculum content terms or vocabulary as the answers for each box. The possibilities are endless. Step two, you hand out individual packets of Skittles to each student and have them open up the packet, ready to use the Skittle pieces, like markers on a hidden treasure map. You can get small Skittles packets that contain only around 10 pieces per pack, which is perfect. Now, if you're in a candy-free or sugar-free school or homeschool environment, you can use game pieces, buttons, or coins. Step three, create a Skittles activity script. The script should include at least 10 questions related to the answers found on the template. That's right, it's really that simple. So number one, the teacher will read the question. Number two, the student figures out the answer. Number three, student finds the answer on the grid and covers it with a Skittle and waits for the next question. This brings me to step four. Once all your questions are read and all the answers are found, you will know if the students have correctly answered all the questions if their template grid bears Skittle pieces that form the desired shape of the script's challenge. Skittle pieces, have, they could form a smiley face, for example, or an umbrella, or a sailboat, or a letter, or some kind of shape. Step five, once your students have mastered how to play the Skittles activity, you can have them come up with their own scripts, which is fantastic. I hope you guys get a chance to try it. It's a, it's a blast. It's called the Skittles Activity. 
Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of today's podcast. I encourage everyone out there to keep being their teacher rock star selves and keep doing what you do to rock your class. Great stuff there from Stephen. Rocking your classroom, absolutely loving it. Bella Semmerfell has also been using Skittles to help her students prepare for the general conversation in the GCSE speaking exam. I'm going to talk about the Skittles game that you can use to practice the general conversation. So what I do is I split the class up. You can do it into groups or into pairs. And each colour of the Skittles can determine the theme that you want the students to talk about. Or you can give them a question, for example, orange, te eras bien con tu familia. And it works really well. They can practice with each other. And if they manage to answer the question, they can then eat the Skittle. Just to be clear, Bella Semmerfell sent me a slightly more detailed description of the activity, which I'm going to read out now. She splits the group up into pairs and gives each pair a couple of Skittles each. On the board or PowerPoint, she displays which colour refers to which theme in the exam and students need to pick a question from that theme and ask their partner it. The student decides whether their partner's answer is comprehensive enough and includes enough detail with opinions and reasons using the correct tense, etc. If it is deemed satisfactory, then they are allowed to eat a Skittle and the next person takes their turn and so on. Thank you so much for that sharing from Stephen as well as Bayas MFL. Some super sweet shares in this month's uh, radar from Joe. Joe, we have come to the moment for this episode's takeaway. Why don't you take it away with your takeaway segment? Thanks ever so much. Now, I'm really excited about my takeaway for this episode, which is from Connect Lingo YE. And this is a group of sixth formers from a school in England who have done something absolutely inspirational, which is to create their own desktop application or app, as they describe it, but it will only work on Windows, to help GCSE students revise for their speaking exam. How cool is that? So they've done this as part of the Young Enterprise Scheme. I don't know if you have the equivalent in the US, but I think this is totally inspiring. And here's Mega from the group to tell us more about exactly what they've been doing. My name is Anne Mega Sibby, and I am the sales director of Connect Lingo, and our Twitter name is Connect Lingo YE. Connect Lingo is a sixth form student company made up of 15 students from St. John Fisher Catholic College in Newcastle Underline. Our mission is to support the education of language students in a more immersive way in order to bridge the gaps in languages between people. The students we interviewed told us they needed more support with speaking and pronunciation. We believe that although there are many good language apps on the market, there is also a gap in the market for a product, specifically supporting the requirements of the GCSE speaking exams in terms of pronunciation and content. We have created a modern foreign languages app, which works alongside revision books containing GCSE questions and answers in both French and German covering the whole syllabus. The app contains over 500 recordings made by teachers and language students. These recordings can be played on the app in order to practice the pronunciation and support students in modeling their own answers. Connect Lingo were winners of the Staffordshire Company of the Year 2019, and we also won the prize for most innovative product. The Connect Lingo revision guides are priced at £7.99 each and is available in both French and German. By scanning the QR code on the app, you are directed to the Connect Lingo website, where the app can be downloaded for free. After downloading the app, you can follow the instructions on a website to open the app. Once it is opened, you can choose either French or German and select which theme and topic and the particular question or answer you want to listen to. You need to click each option independently. Further instructions and steps are explained on our website 
www.connectlingo.co.uk. Yeah, amazing stuff. I just find that story so inspiring and well done to Mega and the team for putting that together and working so hard, making all those recordings, just brilliant stuff. We've also got a piece of audio from one of their teachers as well, Mr. Shoa. And it must be noted that this recording was made before the Young Enterprise West Midlands finals, where Connect Lingo won the award for best customer service, but unfortunately they didn't make it through to the next round. So here's Mr. Shaw to give his proud commendation of their project. We are very proud to announce that for two consecutive years, the St. John Fisher Student Company has been voted as winner of the Staffordshire Young Enterprise Company of the Year Award, as well as also winning the best prize for best innovation. This year, a team of 15 sixth form students formed Connect Lingo with the aim of producing a revision guide and app to support learners with pronunciation in their GCSE foreign language speaking exams. As well as recording over 500 questions and answers in both French and German, the team independently created their own revision app. Connect Lingo worked really hard in developing their product, which has been showcased at both the Michelin, Dragon's Den and Wedgwood Trade Fair. They will now go on to the West Midlands Regional Young Enterprise Final at the new HSBC headquarters in Birmingham this June, where they will represent Staffordshire. We wish Connect Lingo every success with that venture. Super inspiring stuff there to Mr. Shower and the entire team. Really honored for the opportunity to shine a light on that work. We know that a ton of time and effort goes into that. And it's just really exciting to see how they're giving the opportunity for students to combine a love of language learning philanthropy and technology skills all in one place. You worked hard, you did a great job, and we're really proud of you. And for my takeaway, Joe, I've been just enthralled by some sharing happening on the at Spanish Eagles account where MG Thompson has been producing some authentic resources at a really prolific clip. She has been putting out a weekly Noticias de la Semana y Más. So for non-Spanish teachers, that is news of the week and more that she is creating a, I call it a 10-page Google Doc every single week with authentic resources, meaning resources that are in the target language created for Spanish speakers, not Spanish learners. And so she's synthesizing those around themes. In the case of uh, this most recent one, her third one, it is around the Mar de Plástico, all about plastic filling our oceans, where she's collected all this content from the news, pasted into Google Docs. She's added in comprehension questions for students, as well as links to the original content, which is not just web pages, but infographics, YouTube videos, and more. I think it's really amazing stuff, and we will absolutely link to it in the show notes. The MFL Twitterati podcast is brought to you by Linguiscope. Linguiscope.com is an award-winning language learning website trusted and used daily by thousands of schools worldwide. When your school subscribes to Linguiscope, students get access to a wealth of interactive activities in a dozen different languages with over 140 topics covered. The games can be played on interactive whiteboards, computers, or on tablets. There are free apps students can download on their own devices. All students and staff can log in both from school as well as from home, making it ideal for homework too. The website also contains a host of resources to make teachers' lives easier, from printable worksheets to customizable interactive games templates. If Linguiscope is new to you, then you'll feel like all of your Christmases have come at once. Teachers truly find Linguiscope.com invaluable, and you will soon notice the positive impact on your students' motivation and learning. But don't take our word for it. Visit Linguiscope.com and click on Learn More to find out what the website has to offer. 
we guarantee that you will fall in love with Linguascope. It's now time for the show and tell section of the MFL Twitterati podcast. Awesome stuff. Now, no mention about an authentic resource before our break, but now we're going to start off with another resource, which is also looking at authentic use of songs as the theme of the show and tell is all around music and songs in the languages classroom. And that's called the Extra Chunky Spanish Podcast. Now, this is really interesting. There's only been one episode so far, but I think what the people behind this are doing is really cool. It's a group of Spanish teachers headed up by Kevin Lamastra or at CI underscore Language Lab on Twitter. And what they're doing every week, as I said, there's only one episode so far, but the plan is for them to deconstruct an authentic song and provide some teaching resources so that that can be then exploited in the languages classroom. And over to Kevin to explain a little bit more. Hi, everyone. My name's Kevin Lamastra. I'm CI Language Lab on Twitter. And I'm here today to tell you about the Extra Chunky Spanish Podcast. That's right, the Extra Chunky Spanish Podcast. It's a team collaborative project where a group of teachers who are crazy about using music for learning language. And each episode, we take one song and walk learners through the vocabulary and culture so they'll be able to add this song to their playlist and listen to the song in its entirety and understand everything going on with the language and culture. We also print up a PDF full of lyrics and show notes, and we make all of that available for free on our website, the Extra Chunky Spanish Podcast. Great stuff from Kevin Lamastra there. And, you know, just something that I think is a huge takeaway from that is that they're taking songs and going beyond the text. I kind of like the word up-texting, Joe Dale, where we can take this one text and there's a whole lot more to it than just the words that are there. And I love what they're doing. I hope that they can get prolific with it and share a ton more of that on the extrachunkyspanish.com. It's a great name for a podcast as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that the important thing about authentic resources is to make them accessible as much as possible for learners. And by deconstructing them in the way that they have been with the resources that they've created so far on the uh, the podcast website, that's a great way of doing that. So you're obviously a fan of uh, authentic resources based on what you've said so far, Noah. But why is that? What is it you particularly like about authentic resources in the languages classroom? Do you know, Joe, you nailed it. It is. I'm a huge fan because for me, it's about what gets us to fall in love with the target language. That is important is learning how to speak the language, quote unquote, properly is. You know, most of us learn the second language not because of a verb tense, but because of something authentic in that culture that we fell in love with. And I think authentic resources offer us a really powerful opportunity to share our love with our students because authenticity is happening all day, every day all across the language and culture. So there's always something for everybody. So if a student is really into dance, food, history, you know, sight, sounds, you name it, there's stuff in the target language that we can put in front of students. And so, yeah, and personally, it's something that I did as a project that I started maybe in 2012, 2013 was a website I started on Tumblr, mememartes.tumblr.com, where I have, you know, probably over a hundred quick hitting little pop cultural, you know, authentic resources, whether it's a video, an infographic, a meme that just allows students to discover something that's short and accessible to them as language learners, but that doesn't feel like a worksheet. It's not something that was made for language learners. It's something that was made for 
actual, you know, language speakers. People are already fluent in that language. And so when the students are able to access it at their level, there's a real sense of accomplishment that, hey, like I can do this. That wasn't made for me. That was made for a native speaker and I got it. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think that uh, one of the the great shortcuts for finding authentic resources, particularly Spanish resources, I would say, is through the hashtag Authres. I presume that's how you pronounce it. So it's A-U-T-H R-E-S. And this was a hashtag I first heard about through the work of the lovely Amy Leonard or A. Lenord on Twitter. And uh, she's done lots of work on, on the use of authentic resources. I know she's a big pinner as well on Pinterest. She's a power pinner, as one could say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. I think we should stay in the States a little bit longer, Noah. So who have we got up next in the show and tell? Thanks so much, Joe. Next up is Alison Weinhold, aka at Mis Clases Locas. And Allison, somebody who likes to use authentic music in her classes as well in order to encourage her students to be active learners during what she calls Bailes Viernes or Dance Friday routines. And here's Allison to tell us more. Hola, I'm Allison, a.k.a. Mis Clases Locas. And Baile Viernes or Dance Friday is a weekly routine that I have implemented in my high school and middle school Spanish classes for about the past six years in Iowa in the United States. Basically, I just play a Just Dance video or a Zumba video in Spanish, and we dance. I have it playing during passing period, and then if the class is really into it, we'll start again and play the song at the start of class. I don't force anyone to dance, so some classes aren't really into it, and that's okay. And in those, then we just move on with our day. I'm not focusing on the lyrics or anything with the song. It's more about just enjoying the music dancing, getting those Friday wiggles out, and building a positive classroom community. It could be for the classes who really enjoy it. It can be used as an incentive. Sometimes we'll use it as a brain break in the middle of class or at the end of class as a way to celebrate an accomplishment. You can find videos on YouTube in many different languages. I have a whole playlist on YouTube under Allison Weinhold. My personal favorites for my Spanish class that my students like are the Ketchup Song, Sofia, and La Bicicleta but you can find many others. If you want to learn more, feel free to visit misclaseslocas.com and search by Le Viernes, where you can find my playlist there, or you can connect with me at Mis Clases Locas. Have a great day. Great stuff there from at Mis Clases Locas, a.k.a. Allison Weinhold. And for those of you who aren't following her, you got to check her out. Her blog is great. Her Instagram is just next levels cool. Her Teachers Pay Teachers is just a treasure trove of resources. And Allison's just somebody who, for me, Joe, really embodies the MFL Twitterati kind of ethos because she's somebody who lives in a tiny town that none of us have ever heard of. She's the only language teacher in her entire school district on an island. And yet, thanks to the power of Twitter, thanks to the power of the PLN in 2019, she's somebody who is super connected and, you know, basically in the metropolis of language teaching, despite the fact that she's physically on an island. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Now, I think what you just said hits the nail exactly on the head. The fact that someone in the middle of nowhere can start tweeting about something, can start writing blogs about whatever topic they're passionate about, and it can influence anyone in the world. In fact, the next piece of audio we've got, which we're going to play for you, is from Aoife Cantwell, who's from Ireland. And that's exactly what she did. She found out about Alison's work somewhere via Twitter, via her blog, I don't know. And she tried out dance. Fridays in her own classroom and here's some audio to hear how she got on. Hi my name is Eva Cantwell my Twitter handle is acantwelled on Twitter. I first read this idea on Mis Classes Locas by Alison Weinhold and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. What her idea involved was Baile Viernes uh, whereby she showed dance music and dance songs on her Friday classes. 
So seeing this idea, I decided let's try it out with the junior cycle in mind. And so I searched for suitable videos in Spanish with, you know, maybe a karaoke element or also that the songs are suitable for the age group. And then I tried it out on a Friday and my motive for that really was not because the name entailed it, but also because I was I had Spanish class the first thing on the Friday morning. And I noticed that motivation was a bit lacking in the first few minutes. I found that this is a great way to increase the motivation in the class as it sparks kind of an active engagement with Spanish. So songs that I have done is uh, are Bailar by De Oro and Limbo by Daddy Yankee. But what Alison has done is if you go into the YouTube and search Bale Viernes, she has her own playlist. So within that, it, there's Zumba videos, there's just dance videos. And the Zumba videos are also very good because it's something that the students probably haven't been exposed to before. Benefits that I've seen in the class are, you know, students like it, which is the main thing. They're motivated to come to class. They ask, can they do it? But from a cultural aspect, students are more aware of different genres, different accents, because what I would do as a pre-teaching activity is looking at where the artist comes from, where it is popular, where it's hit the charts, and then looked at as a post-activity is looking at grammar. And just to show them that, you know, the grammar that we're learning isn't just in a book, it's active and it's more alive now than ever. Wonderful stuff there from Aoife. I love hearing stories like that when people have discovered other people from anywhere in the world and have been inspired by them. They've never met them face to face, but they've been inspired by their tweet, by their blog post. Just absolutely brilliant. Now, I have a question for you, Noah. Have you heard of the X Factor? Absolutely. I believe it's a product of Britain's number one expert, Simon Cowell. <laughs> oh, yes. We all love a bit of Simon. So um, Ricky MFL have come up with the idea of putting an, an MFL spin on the, the classic formula of the X Factor. And they've come up with the idea of having what they call the MFL Factor evening based on the popular television franchise to motivate students and help them with their language learning. And here's Ricky MFL to tell us more. Hello, this is at Ricky MFL. March sees our annual Ricky MFL Factor Evening. We've been running this for six years now and it's ever growing. MFL was really struggling as a faculty and we were looking for ideas to get students and more crucially parents and carers to see the importance of languages in the curriculum from the outset. In the first half of the evening, about 20 minutes, we present key facts about why Britain needs to ditch the idea that everyone speaks English anyway, which is what we were frequently hearing. But then the real fun starts. Each class, and we have an eight-form entry, is allocated a language in which they will perform in back in February. Then, alongside their MFL teacher, they choose a song or a sketch which they're going to perform. To be honest, we really wind the students up at this point because it's a hotly contested competition between the staff as well. We have four judges, two members of staff and two students who study A-level language, and they're introduced to the audience on the evening. The judging criteria are singing in the target language, performance and enthusiasm. This year, some of the songs included Juju de la Musique, Cotton Eye Animal, Heute is the Weinschöner Tag and Das Wochentag Lied, all of which are songs which contain key structures and grammar points we cover with our Year 7. So this year, the hall was full and the atmosphere was amazing. It's definitely something we're continuing. The MFL Factor was a really fun way to learn lots of German and French and my favourite bit was doing the singing because we also got to learn a dance and perform it on stage. It was useful to know about learning a language such as German or French 
would help to have more job opportunities and earn more money. I liked the MFL fact today because it was different from normal lessons. I enjoyed painting the stones. I painted Harry Bows on mine and I didn't know that it was from Germany. I'm looking forward to finding them among the school and it was a very different and enjoyable day. And for those people who were concentrating, you would have heard a nice shout out there about language stones at the end of the recording. Yeah, and for those of you who have not previously heard of Language Stones, definitely check out the description back in episode four. Thank you so much to at RickyMFL for sharing MFL Factor. So the next idea we're going to share is an absolutely awesome idea, which is legendary in the UK, which is Spanglovision. This was the idea originally from Dr. Rachel Hawkes from Compton Village College, who about 10 years ago decided that what she thought would be a good way of motivating learners when they first came into secondary school, so that when they're in year seven, as we'd say in England, is to get them to take part in a song competition whereby they chose one song per class, learnt it off by heart, and then a few weeks later, they would then do a performance in front of everybody and then everyone would vote for their favourite song. Now, a number of different language departments have taken on board this idea. Next piece of audio, we're actually just going to run three bits of audio back to back about three different people who've done exactly that. And I just think this is wonderful stuff. Enjoy. Hanley Vision is an initiative that we shamelessly stole from Rachel Hawkes at Combatant Academy and have been running at Hanley Castle for about 10 years. So how does it work? When Year 7 arrive in September, the very first focus in their modern language lessons is to practice pronunciation and phonics through the medium of a song that their teacher has chosen to be a surefire Hanley Vision winner. Rehearsing and memorising the song is then woven into lessons for a couple of weeks. A performance of each of the six different songs is then filmed and the clips played to the rest of the school who vote for a winner. We try to plan this to coincide with European Day of Languages and our open evening. It's a really fun way to start Year 7 and has many benefits for language learning too. Obviously practising phonics, but also memory strategies. Year 11 often tell me that they can still remember the lyrics to their Hanley Vision song five years on. It helps with performance and confidence and group bonding. Everyone takes part and as we take from over 30 primary schools, it's a great transition activity. It's also an example of students using language for real purpose. We find that the quality of their spoken language really improves when they know that somebody else is going to listen to it. Teachers are motivated and have fun too. What's not to like? My song involved an inflatable unicorn and children in elephant onesies this year. We didn't win, I'm afraid. That honour went to a Spanish version of YMCA. Above all, it serves to raise the profile of modern languages right across the school. Hi, my name is Sabine Pichon. I'm the curriculum leader for languages at Swayze Village College and Academy in Cambridgeshire. We were inspired by Rachel Hawke's idea of combatant Spanglovision to run our own international evening featuring our own Year 7 Francovision singing competition. We selected 12 popular songs which had been translated into French, such as Havana by Rihanna, Skin by Ragnarok Man, and One Last Time by Ariana Grande. We launched this in the summer before our Year 7 started in their Taste of French lessons so that they all came back in September and used for the competition. While some students were hesitant at first, all quickly got into the spirit and we not only learned the songs but implementing dance routines and props, creating cross-curricular learning and celebrating different students' talents. There was a real buzz around the school and all the students commented that they wished they had had a similar opportunity. To promote our multicultural school community, we asked bilingual students to read poetry in their home languages. 
Inspired by last year's CPD with Joe Dell on the opportunities created by using technology in language learning, we use software such as Textivate to help the students learn the lyrics. On the evening, the students were super excited and really got into the competitive spirit. We were so proud of what they achieved. This was a real boost for a lot of students who had been nervous to learn a language at secondary school and gave everyone a positive first experience of languages before we started to implement the Year 7 curriculum. Through the competition, we were able to build on a team spirit, phonics, grammar and pronunciation and sparked intercultural debates such as the benefits and disadvantages of translating songs into different languages. Monson and students still talk about this as a highlight of their year so far. Thank you. Hello, Twitterati. I'm uh, Julie Bartoli. I work in a small school in Somerset. And um, I'm going to talk about something that I did for my Spanish day back in May. And it was called Spangler Vision. It was one of the activities of, um, of the carousel that we did. And uh, what I did was basically in little groups of about 15 mixed ability and mixed ages as well from um, is primary so from um, nearly reception to year five or six they had to listen to a spanish song that some of them had heard before basic things like uh, numbers and colors and saying your name asking your name that sort of thing that i got from a book called singing spanish which is a, a brilliant resource for primary teaching And so they listened to the song and they had to prepare a little choreography to go with it and practice uh, the words a little bit. And then they performed the little song at the end of day assembly. And they were judged by uh, the year sixes, actually. And then they got points to add to the other points they got from the other activities. And yeah, they really enjoyed it. Well, most of them did. <laughs> It's good for the performers and uh, even the shy ones just, you know, try their best just for the team. So it's a really nice little activity and it's a bit different, but they still all do languages, even the little ones. So that's it. If you want to know any more about this, then um, just ask. Thank you very much. And I hope this helps. Thanks so much to Jackie Tilt there, Swayze the MFL and Julie Bartoli from Child School for sharing their experiences with their take on Spanglovision. Yeah, thank you so much to those educators for sharing those awesome takes on the Eurovision contest. You know, for me as an American, Eurovision actually is a bit new to me. I only discovered it last year while visiting the ABBA Museum. But I'm guessing that language teachers in the UK just go nuts for this. Yeah, absolutely. The hashtag MFL Twitterati goes on fire during the evening of the Eurovision Song Contest. Most language teachers, I would say, well, certainly from reading all the tweets about it, uh, they absolutely love the Eurovision Song Contest. Although there are lots of people who, who would wish that the singers actually sang in their local language, which unfortunately doesn't tend to happen. Most people sing in English. But from a cultural point of view, it's just fascinating stuff and a great focus for language learning in the classroom, as we've just heard. Totally. And, you know, one of the things that can come up sometimes when we're using authentic resources like songs in the classroom is that sometimes these authentic songs have authentically inappropriate content for our students. And so what we have next is Mr. Vinales, MFL, who not only came up with his own version of the popular Despacito song, but he recorded it and used the online teaching tool TeachVid in order to make it into a listening comprehension exercise. Hi, my name is Dylan Vinales, and my Twitter handle is Mr. Vinales MFL. Now, Joe asked me to talk a bit about my recording of Despacito and the tweet about how I used TeachVid. Now, this is the song which was really popular about a year ago, 
and which my students were really keen to do a lesson on. However, I felt that the song wasn't suitable for a school setting where you're going to be analyzing the lyrics. So during some gained time, I sat down and I made an alternative version of the song, editing out the adults bits and replacing them with more GCSE friendly lines about a respectful and mutually consensual relationship where the couple, ironically, are actually taking it despacito. Then I recorded the song so I could use uh, it in a song format, which is what I published and shared in my tweet. The next step I took was to use TeachVid to make a listening resource. Now, this is a really powerful new website, which I've discovered recently. It's made by Martin Lapworth, who's also the man behind Task Magic and Textivate. And what this website does is it allows you to really quickly make an extensive bank of activities to fully exploit any video. And these activities really help develop the bottom-up skills, which my former colleague, Dr. Conti, advocates and around which I design my lessons. In other words, we're looking at phonological decoding, things like parsing skills, teaching students to interpret the sounds of the foreign language, make sense of what they hear. And the um, TeachVid activities, they focus on skills such as recognizing language chunks, recognizing word boundaries, listening for specific words, reordering gap filling, and, and much more. You can actually get a trial account, which allows you to make five resources for free and to use all of the features in terms of the activities and all that. Then later, if you want to subscribe, it's still very reasonable. It's only about £50 a year. I'm currently on the trial at the moment, but it's my intention to subscribe once that uh, trial runs out. So yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, for more details, check out my blog. Thank you. Great stuff from Mr. Vinales, MFL. Thank you so much for sharing. And Joe Dale, I understand that our next show and tell also has to do with rewriting. Absolutely. The legendary Stephen Fox from the Association for Language Learning has been doing this for years, e.g. rewriting the lyrics of popular songs but putting a language learning twist onto them. Great stuff. I remember personally when I was teaching in the languages classroom that I used one of his songs around the use of the perfect tense, which in French explained how to form the perfect tense and then gave a whole list of different past participles. And my children absolutely loved it. Now, what was really clever about what Stephen did was he chose the tune of the Can Can by Offenbach, which is in the public domain, so there's no copyright issues at all. And he then made all the lyrics fit that song. And I'm very grateful to Stephen right now, who's going to talk about the use of song and music in the languages classroom. And then he's going to give his own personal rendition of Le Passé Composé to our listeners. Thank you so much, Stephen. You're awesome. This is at Stephen Fawkes, and I'm talking about the power of using song or music in a language lesson. First of all, we can use a piece of music to begin our lesson, to set the mood that we want our class to be in a soft piece of music if we need them to be reflective, or a lively piece of music if we want them to be active and in a cheerful mood. We can do the same thing when we need a break in our lesson, if we have one of those long lessons and have to interrupt different activities, or to celebrate at the end of doing something a little bit difficult or maybe a bit tiring. Songs clearly are very good for attracting opinions from our students. They always have opinions about songs, whatever they might be whether they be good or bad, that they express opinions is our key objective. And likewise, we can choose songs that deliver those aspects of our language that we want our learners to understand. 
That might be the phonics. It might be the sense of fluency. It might be what you'd call accent, or it could be details of the language like vocabulary or grammar. All of those things that are a focus for our schemes of work, especially in the new Ofsted framework. Back in the 1990s, I wrote a book called With a Song in My Scheme of Work, which focused not only on authentic songs, but also written songs by the teacher to help deliver some bits of knowledge that we wanted pupils to hang on to, to really retain. We wanted the knowledge to stick in their minds. Here's an example of one of those, a song in French to remind them of some of the patterns in the perfect tense. In case you don't recognize it, it's supposed to be the tune of the cancan. Le passé composé, il est constitué d'un participe passé avec son auxiliaire ce participe passé finit souvent en et mais quelquefois en i et u aussi. J'ai choisi, j'ai mis, j'ai pris, j'ai digéré, je suis sorti, j'ai fini, j'ai compris, j'ai mis, j'ai pris, j'ai digéré, j'ai voulu, j'ai pu, j'ai vu, j'ai dû, j'ai pu, je suis venu, j'ai reçu, j'ai perdu, j'ai pu, j'ai vu, j'ai dû, j'ai bu le passé composé. Il est constitué d'un participe passé avec son auxiliaire ce. Participe passé finit souvent en E, mais quelquefois en I et U aussi. As Stephen mentions, learning songs in the modern languages classroom can be a great way to help with pronunciation and phonics. Now, for your listening pleasure, we're going to play Senor Elliot describing her hip hop phonics routines for Spanish. Jane Briley will then tell us about how she uses alphabet phonics with her visualizer. And finally, HABMFL walks us through her French phonics poster toolkit. Sounds good to me. Hola. Hello, my name is Nina Elliott. My Twitter handle is at Senora Elliott. And I'm going to introduce you to something we do at our school, which is called Hip Hop Phonics. What it is, is a way of trying to encourage students to practice their phonemes, practice their pronunciation. And we do it through introducing different phonemes and then having a bit of a rap and having a bit of a competition. So I have some very willing volunteers here who are going to have a go with me today. So first of all, chicas, T. Tea. Me. Me. Do. Do. No. No. Te. Te. Ber. Ber. He. He. Gen. Gen. Aya. Aya. Mi. Mi. Ti. Ti. Ke. Ke. A. A. Ha. Ha. Hen. Hen. Tho. Tho. Si. Si. Aya. Aya. Mi. Mi. Ha. Ha. Venga, vámonos. Now what we do is we put the class into three groups and the three groups have a different little chant that they're going to say. So... Primero tenemos el grupo amarillo, ¿vale? El grupo amarillo. A, A, Ticito. A, A, Ticito. El grupo verde. Ticito. T, P, T, So. T, P, T, So. T, P, T, So. T, P, T, So. Y el grupo azul. A, A, Hami, 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 aya. Hami, 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 aya. Hami, 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 aya. Hami, 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 aya. Hami, 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 Hi, I'm at Jane Briley. I'm second in MFL at Makea Community School. 
And I recently tweeted about how important it is to teach the alphabet in French lessons. Uh, I think it has a huge impact on people's pronunciation. So how do I do it? First of all, I use a visualizer, which is very commonplace at Michaela. And I use a song which goes like this. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. So I will drill that over and over until that's really familiar with the pupils. And then on the visualizer, I'll underline B, C, D, G, P, T, V, W. They all run with B. So if they know that that's how that's pronounced, they'll know the other seven. I circle F, L, M, N, S, Z. Those are exactly the same as the English alphabet. So winner, winner. I'll put smiley symbols under the E, G, X, and Y. I call them the smiley letters because you've got to have a big smile on your face if you're pronouncing those correctly. I'll put a box around the Q and the U, and I'll tell them that's a smelly shoe box, and I call them the smelly letters. So they kind of pronounce the same way as U, smelly shoe. Then I'll go to town drilling the rest, basically. Ah, rhyming with K. Uh, really important. It's a big punchy letter. Uh, so if they want to pronounce devoir, grenier, renouvelable, and other really nice words in French, they need to know that one really well. Ash, I call that the freakiest letter because it doesn't actually exist. Hôpital, hôtel, Thierry, Henri, something qui pas en français. The O, I just kind of make a shocked sound, put my hand up to my mouth. Oh. And finally, the R, they need to practice that loads to get that R, lovely, je dirais vraiment. And they'll end up, you know, feeling really successful if they put loads of time and effort into that letter. So give it a go. Check out my videos on my blog, Vion Class, and on my Twitter feed. And good luck. Hi, at AJB MFL here. I'm just going to give you a brief outline about how I use the phonics poster in my classroom. So initially, I use the poster to introduce the phonics sounds. It's a little bit like a crash course in phonic awareness, I suppose. The poster remains above my whiteboard, and I'm always referring to it in lessons, interleaving activities to practice and embed decoding and pronunciation skills. For example, as a starter, I might have a list of words on the board, and pupils have to use the phonics poster to work out how the words are pronounced. I use a carry-down system, whereby I or the pupils will underline the key letters and letter combinations, and then they write the uh, phonics signs underneath. They then carry down the leftover letters so that what they're left with is along the top how the word is written and then underneath how the word is pronounced and that works really well. I also use it on an ad hoc basis so if a pupil mispronounces a word for example I've got a little laser pointer and I'll just point it at the phonics sound they've mispronounced and sometimes quite simply just say attention and they will often self-correct because they've got that safety net there. The signs are there for them, so they feel safe having a go, if you like. I have seen a real improvement in pupil self-confidence around their own ability in working out how new words are pronounced. Because in effect, they've got a toolkit there to help them. And it's very rare now that I'll get a pupil who won't have a go at pronouncing a new word. And over time, I have seen a general improvement in pronunciation skills too. So there you go. Hope that helps. Great stuff there. And thank you so much to all of those teachers for sharing their genius with the world. And speaking of geniuses, next up we have at ICP Jones. And Isabel is one of the very first people I ever followed on Twitter. So I'm really excited to have her on the MFL Twitterati podcast, sharing how she's a big fan of music and rhythm in her language classes. And here she is describing how she uses rap in the past as a way of helping her students to learn structures in a fun and motivating way. Hi, my name is Isabel Jones, or at ICP Jones on Twitter, and I'm going to talk about why I love using music and rhythm to teach French and Spanish. In particular, I found that using rap was a really good way to engage all pupils, 
And a few years back, I did a project with year eight pupils to get them to focus on pronunciation, being more creative with their use of the language. To start with, I let them pick their own topics, which was quite interesting and very surprising at times. I was expecting them to choose a whole range of topics to do with popular culture, really, but they ended up choosing some of them, some quite serious topics, such as racism or um, cultural identity. I guided them to use cognates for their topics and encouraged them to write four sentences if they could. Weaker pupils are encouraged to write lists rather than four sentences if I thought they couldn't cope with them. I recorded myself saying the key words and the key structures and I also provided them with a beat. I used royalty-free beats from iBeat.org but we didn't use any backing tracks at all. We got pupils to practice the vocabulary to the beat, which really helped them to break down the syllables and focus on pronunciation. Some pupils were very musically minded and added musical arrangements. And I was also supported by music colleagues. Pupils were incredibly proud of their rap. And the work was memorable in terms of the vocabulary and the structure they used. The use of different beats really helped people focus on pronunciation of individual words and syllables and it really really helped them improve their pronunciation also they practiced their pronunciation a lot more than they would have otherwise all pupils were encouraged through that process to write more creatively and build their own sentences they enjoyed performing for each other we took lots of pictures and they produced a cd that was then shared with their peer group so all in all, I found that the project and the use of rap was really motivating for all pupils involved. In that piece of audio, Isabel recommended the website iBeats.org, which I think I'm right in saying doesn't seem to exist anymore. The site uh, has been taken down. But if you do a search for royalty-free beats or Creative Commons licensed beats, you should find lots of results just through Google. Absolutely. And Joe, to finish off this episode's MFL Twitterati show and tell we have Nadine Blue talking about the power of songs at her bilingual primary school, plus Mark Pendleton from Coffee Break Languages, who gives some more tips on using songs in the languages classroom. Mark recorded his audio while on holiday recently, and I love the way you can hear bird song at the beginning of his recording. Very apt. Absolutely, but I think it's time to do a little bit of pronunciation practice because I think when you said Nadine's Twitter username, you didn't get it quite right. You said Nadine Blue, as in the colour blue in English, but in fact it's Nadine Bleu. So after me, Nadine Bleu. Nadine Bleu. Mm, and again, Nadine Bleu. Nadine Bleu. Much better. So keep up the good work. You're getting there. Bonjour. My name is Nadine Chadier, and I believe in the power of songs. At Saint-Jérôme Bilingual Primary in Harrow, our reception pupils' first encounter with French is through singing. Prompts, images, hand gestures, facial expressions and accompanying animations and videos help our pupils understand the meaning of the authentic songs and take their first ownership of a language and its culture by learning the words, sentences and expressions by heart. This way, the learning process is natural and fun within a meaningful context, engaging all senses, and most importantly, emotions. It is also a great pronunciation training, getting the pupils to pronounce new sounds and build their mouth muscle memory. When we read a French book to our pupils, as soon as they hear a word they recognize from a song, 
they spontaneously sing that song. In year one, our pupils start reading French, both by sight-reading the text of a song they already know by heart, and learning French phonics of sounds they are familiar saying. Through the songs, they have acquired a huge vocabulary base and grammatical structures, which now can be recycled in another context. When they have forgotten a word, all we have to do is hum a tune to bring the memory back. Stevie Wonder rightly said that music, at its essence, is what gives us memories. And the longer a song has existed in our lives, the more memories we have of it. It's not just memories we have, but also we store the lyrics of a song in our long-term memory. Former primary pupils have been known to burst out in a French song during secondary school trips, passionately stating that they will remember the songs forever. Some reluctant learners can be drawn to a language through a song they appreciate. Recently, a year six pupil, who had not shown much interest in French, after being introduced to a Kids United song, told me that he had now listened to all their songs at home. His attitude to learning a language suddenly changed. In my teens, I learned English through the soundtrack of Yentl, composed by Michel Lugan and sung by Barbara Streisand, by reading the words on the cover over and over again. Learners love routines. Welcome pupils into your language class playing a familiar song. They will spontaneously engage with the music, literally tune into the language and be mentally and emotionally transported to a safe and fun learning place subliminally knowing your expectations and the song sets the tone. For home learning, you can create Pinterest boards of the learned songs. The most magic way to immerse all pupils in a new culture is by singing. This is Mark Pendleton from Coffee Break Languages. I'm sorry about the quality of this recording. I hope it's okay. I'm actually on holiday at the moment in Spain, so I don't have access to my normal recording equipment. Anyway, Joe asked me to talk a little about learning with music, and we've actually just posted an article on our website to help you learn a language using your favourite songs, or indeed help your students learn a language using their favourite songs. For me, one of the most important things about learning a language is doing so through something that you already enjoy. So if you enjoy music, as many people do, then find some music in the language that you're learning. And through that, you'll be able to build your vocabulary and get access to more examples of the structures and the phrases that you've learned by experiencing them in the lyrics of the songs. In the article on our website, we've listed six steps to listening to a particular song. So I'm going to go through these now. First of all, listen to the song a few times without looking at any lyrics. That way, you're beginning to become familiar with the song and perhaps you'll pick out one or two words at first and that's a great start. But at this stage, you're just getting used to the sounds and the rhythms of the language in the song and that helps your listening skills. Step two is adding the lyrics. If you can find the lyrics online in the original language, not the English translation, and then listen to the song again while you read through the lyrics. This will help you start to associate the sounds in the song with the written words with which you may already be familiar. This stage is normally quite reassuring because you realise that you actually do know many of the words being sung. In step three, we would suggest that you try to find an English translation of the song, compare the English translation to the original lyrics, and then you can note down any new vocabulary. The new words that you're learning are within context and they're attached to a tune, so this will help you to remember them. Indeed, I often find that I remember exactly the location where I was when I heard a particular line in a song. If you can't find the lyrics, try running them through an online translator. 
Now, you'll obviously not get a perfect rendition of the English version, but it will certainly help to give you an understanding of the text. Do remember, however, that some songs are almost like poetry in a sense. So sometimes some aspects of the language are a little harder to translate, either by you or indeed by an online translator. Step four is where we suggest that you use the lyrics of the song as a reading text. So you now look through the original lyrics as if they were any other reading text, looking for examples of language points you've been learning about, words you know and don't know, and noting everything down so that you remember these language points used in context. Step five is about taking the song as a starting point for increasing your cultural knowledge. And this is where you can look up the artist online and, for example, when you get the chance to practice your language with native speakers, that way you'll have something to talk about. Knowledge of other cultures helps you connect with other people more effectively. And what better topic to talk about than the international language of music? And step six, perhaps the most important thing, I think, is that you should enjoy your listening. Add the song to your regular listening playlist and get to know it even better. And then you'll be able to start singing along when you've memorised the lyrics, understanding everything. I hope this is useful. Good luck with your language learning through music. And if you'd like to find out more about Coffee Break Languages, head to coffeebreaklanguages.com, where we post some musical inspiration for language learners every week in our Tune for Tuesday feature, along with regular podcast episodes and video content in a range of languages. So thanks as always to all those contributors to this episode. We honestly, sincerely, really, really, really appreciate it. You guys rock. So everyone, it's time now for the Tech Talk interview. Who do we have on this episode? Noah Geisel. Next up at Joe Dale is Paco Fernandez at MFL Music Mania. Joe and I had a lovely conversation with Paco all about how he loves music and how he shares his love of music with his students. And we hope that you will love the conversation just as much as Joe and I did. For today's Tech Talk interview for the MFL Twitterati podcast, it is our absolute pleasure to be talking to Paco Fernandez, who's going to be talking about the connection between music and language learning. It's so amazing to have you on this show. Welcome, uh, Paco. Thank you very much for having me, Joe. Uh, it's a pleasure. Awesome. So to start off with, can you just maybe tell us a little bit about your background, how long you've been teaching, etc.? Well, this is my sixth year of teaching, but it's not my sixth year of, uh, sixth year, sorry, of, of music. Because I've been involved in the world of music ever since I was a little kid. So basically ever since I was 10, I joined my brass band in my local village and started playing drums and then moved on to the tuba. So it's always been something that I've loved. And so I started doing some research about how music and languages can both, you know, work together to help our students. I've mainly focused on the idea of how they can aid with the memorization of key concepts. But, but it's also about, you know, how music these days is so important to all of our learners because the concept of music on the go seems to be uh, all over the place these days. So that it's one of the ideas I've wanted to focus on mainly over the last years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, music is absolutely ubiquitous nowadays. I can remember growing up myself in the in the 1970s, 1980s, and if you wanted to listen to your, your favourite band, you'd have to go to a record shop and ask to play a 12-inch black vinyl disc, <laughs> whereas nowadays the children can just go onto YouTube or Spotify or what have you and can access music at their fingertips. Absolutely. And I, and I think... 
there's so many apps online that offer the idea of like music that for free um, and with YouTube, um, you know, for example, just to give one of the many examples that we can have access to these days where everything is free. I know that a lot of these services are payable or whereby they ask you to buy an extra service uh, where you can access to different functionalities. But I think there's so much free stuff out there as opposed to in the past. And that really helps. That really helps promote the idea of music on the go. And of course, it promotes the idea of, you know, language learning through music, which is what we're here to talk about today. Absolutely. And on that point, if we maybe drill down into some specific ideas on how to use music in the languages classroom, could we maybe start off with a website which I know lots of language teachers know about, but maybe don't know exactly how to use, which is called Lyrics Training. Could you maybe give us an insight on how you use that personally in your classroom? Yeah, Lyrics Training is amazing because what it does is just takes like a YouTube video and it automatically creates like a gut feel activity where you just obviously have to listen and, and fill in the blanks. But that's not exactly what I use lyrics training for, because one of the things that I have focused on the most is teaching language that's not in isolation. So if I'm teaching a specific grammar point, I want my students to see it in context. So the actual function from the lyrics training website or even app, but it's obviously easier to do on the website, is, is the, the print functionality because when you click on print immediately you get a drop down menu whereby you can actually start selecting words that you'd like to use for a gut feel activity what that allows us to do is obviously we get the potential to select the words that we like our students to fill in as opposed to just doing like a random gut feel activity so that is a really really important thing so if i i'm interested in, in maybe focusing on, on the present tense because i have analyzed the song and i think it's going to be um, fantastic for my students to learn what i'll do is i'll just highlight all the present tense verbs in the song and then those will be the gaps that my students have to fill in so that's just one of the ideas and the good thing about it is that whenever you click on print not only can you select which gaps you want to go towards the sum, but you can actually adapt it and, and put it into a format that you can then print for all the students to use in the classroom. Because before I was mentioning the idea of using it with YouTube as well, but we know about the restrictions that implies sometimes that schools don't have access to YouTube. So that's why this is a slightly sort of, uh, you know, way around there. So by using the print function within the lyrics training site, you get that idea of, uh, you know, gap fills and time efficient gap fills because it literally takes you a couple of minutes to select the words that you'd like to use for a son. And Paco, as uh, U.S. listeners may be hearing gap fill, that in our world, a lot of times we refer to those as close activities. And as engaging as those can be, one of the things that Lyrics Training offers is more engaging experience than just a digital worksheet. So maybe for folks who are unfamiliar with Lyrics Training, you can uh, just fill in a little bit about the really fun aspects of Lyrics Training that really hook students. I think the best thing about Lyrics Training, and this is something that I have covered in the past, is the idea of cover songs versus authentic resources or, or, or authentic songs. And, and when it comes to authentic songs, what we find in these days, and then literally it's all over the place, is that a lot of Latin singers seem to become really, really famous, you know, very quickly these days. There's this music style that seemed to be all over the place these days, which is called reggaeton. And it all started off with a song called Despacito, like a couple of years ago, three years ago. And what that has meant for the music market uh, worldwide is that we tend to listen to more and more Spanish all the time. And what that means is that students can actually relate to 
something that is actually playing on the radio on an everyday or sort of daily basis. So they, they can actually see the importance of it because they can relate to it. And I think that's the most important aspect of lyrics training, how you can actually play a song that you may have already heard before and how that actually engages students. I couldn't agree more with what you just said, Paco. I think it's absolutely amazing. And, it's, and isn't it brilliant the way that you can now hear Spanish-speaking songs on the radio that you can have access now to these sorts of songs that you wouldn't maybe have heard even a few years ago. There's been a real revolution in that way. And the fact that the children are listening to those sorts of songs, that's a huge hook, I think, a huge motivation to then analyse that and, and, and bring that into the classroom. Can I, can I just ask you about how do you select the songs that you choose? Is there an issue around discoverability? How do you know what songs to use in the classroom? Do you just basically go onto YouTube and trawl through songs or do a keyword search? Or, or what's your, um, your tip for that? I think uh, for songs that I would like to select that end up being part of my languages classroom, there's always the element of what is it exactly that I want my students to achieve by the end of the lesson if I bring in a song. Um, I've always done it in a sort of grammar-based ways because I believe that grammar is, is the key to obviously understanding what's happening in context. And without it, we just end up with a list of meaningless nouns and adjectives and adverbs. That, so that, that is maybe one of the, the ways in which I probably approach the idea of bringing a son into my languages classroom, first of all. But obviously, you know, you, you sometimes get groups that have just started learning Spanish. So you may want to be focusing on something that's not complex or so maybe you just want to analyze nouns or, or other grammar categories uh, but yeah the way I've done it is by selecting a few songs that I've then put into a playlist and we're going to be talking later on about how I obviously use Spotify to do that. Cool so could you maybe drill down and give us an exact example of a song that you've used recently with a class and how you set it up what you did to prepare the students and then uh, what sort of outcomes um, were produced as a result? Yeah so recently there's been a song on the radio which is called Reggaeton Lento and this song has got a collaboration with like UK artists and US artists and, and what I have done is obviously I analysed the song and I noticed that there were a lot of preterite examples, things like me pegué, la invité a lot of these endings obviously with E with an accent refer to the preterite tense in Spanish so what I'll do would be to actually take the song and then I would stop it and then I would ask my students if they actually analyze the ending of if they found a particular letter that might refer to a, a type of grammar tense or a, a type of tense in Spanish. And then my students would then refer to it as the preterite because they would identify it. And then what we would do is we could do a gut feel activity with it. We could then break it down. Another thing that I have done to follow that idea up is to use a site called Busca Palabras. And there's also a site called Rime Solide in French, which essentially means that you can type the word and it would find the list of words that rhyme with it. And more specifically, this site would always help you find the type of grammar category that you're interested in so that if the songs have a, a range of different verbs, then you're looking for verbs. But if, if you're looking for adjectives, because those are the gap fills you've asked your students to fill in, then you can also substitute adjectives. And that would give them the ability to obviously become way more independent and creative with language. So essentially what you're doing there is you're giving them the song as a scaffold and they're then making up their own version of that song drawing on the website Busca Palabras or the, the French one that you mentioned as well. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, the French one was called uh, Rime Solide. But there's a few of them out there that, you know, teachers can use. 
it's all about, for me, it's not just about identifying, obviously, those words in context, but also allowing my students to become creative with language. Because I, I believe that if we want to, we want to see if our students are actually understanding or comprehending a particular aspect of grammar, then we want our students to be able to use them independently. And I mean, it could be the preterite, it could be the present tense, it could be any particular tense, but we want our students to be able to show us that they can do that in an independent fashion as well. You know, Parker, you talk about the uh, popularity of Despacito and, and other music and the discoverability with Spotify. And one of the things that that just makes me think about is sort of like, as Joe alluded, back when we were kids, you know, the only way I was going to hear a Spanish song was in Spanish class. And that now we're at this place of growing popularity, that it's not this othering of target language music, right? That it's actually possible, thanks to Spotify, to hear that these songs are popular all over the world. And I'm wondering if you're starting to see, you know, as you build playlists, as you get students into discovering target language songs, if you're having students actually approach you with saying, hey, senor, can we use this song in class that I found? I think that happens very often these days. I mean, we were talking, obviously, about, about the Spacito earlier and how the Latin sort of market has opened up and is now being played all over. But I do believe that whenever you've opened up that world of possibilities to students, then students can actually go and identify their own songs and, and, and the things they really like and enjoy listening to. Because, of course, within the classroom, we, we get different types of learners. And, and within different types of learners, we may find students that enjoy a rap more than they enjoy rock music so uh, the idea that is all accessible for free and that you can just go online and, and and select from a range of different authors is absolutely amazing it's just fantastic you know just a fantastic help for us languages teachers these days that, that, that we can count on that and we can bring it into our languages classroom and, and it's free as well which makes it even better so talking about bringing things into the languages classroom when we talk about spotify are you actually using spotify in the classroom or are you setting a sort of distance learning homework well, I'm using it in both ways because it may just be a song that is part of my playlist that I want to work on on a particular lesson, but it may also be a piece of homework because my playlist, we were talking about it earlier, I've got them broken down into different grammar categories by tenses. So I've got a playlist that covers the present tense, another one that covers the near future, another one that covers the imperfect. And this is the idea that I can actually think if we've done something that's textbook based, and it's covering the differences between, in, in Spanish, for just to give you an example, between the preterite and the imperfect, which seems to be you know, something that students uh, at times find quite complex. Then I can actually present them with both playlists and say, well, this is the playlist that I used to teach the preterite, and this is the one that I used to teach the imperfect. So what I'd like you to do is I want you to go home, and I'd like you to select a couple of songs from each playlist. And then I'd like you to draw your own conclusions. And obviously, they're going to come back to the classroom, and we're going to have a discussion about how they feel that helped them. And in a way, I, I think that the concept of flipped learning is one that might work here very well, that we may want to draw on as well, because you are teaching a new tense. But how about teaching a new tense just by presenting the, the students with a range of different songs that cover that tense, and then maybe having a discussion uh, in the classroom about how that went and whether there was anything in particular that they learned. And the answer most times you'll find is that, you know, they, they really learned a lot because it's all about the patterns. And this is what I was talking about earlier, about the idea of teaching words in context, because we sometimes feel like it's just this 
textbook-based idea that uh, we've all been trained on about how we need to cover specific themes and skins of war again is all theme based but i think teaching a song just sometimes can cover a range of different topics but it does give students the idea of how those tenses are actually used in different contexts because if there's a knee with an accent that means i in the past tense in spanish that can be used for very very different things and, and the students can see can see the idea of that as opposed to today we're going to be talking about where you went last summer So that that's the main draw that I want my students obviously to think of when it comes to music and, and languages together. Great stuff, Paco. And, and, you know, specific to Spotify, for a lot of teachers who might not yet be using Spotify and are only thinking of it as the new way of just playing music for free, are there any specific ways that you're using Spotify, perhaps collaborative playlists or the browse by country feature that we want to let teachers know about that, hey, actually Spotify is doing some pretty amazing stuff that was not possible just a few years ago. Yeah, I had a conversation with the teacher not long ago about the crucial difference between using theme-based songs and just songs for the sake of actually learning grammar, if you like. And one of the things that Spotify does brilliantly is, is, is the fact that you get different styles of music, but within those different styles of music, whenever you've selected an artist, you may also want to access things that are similar, different sorts of you know artists that may fit within a particular category. And I think this is really important because if you think about the style of music that you may find in in rap or in hip hop, which is all about you know criticizing politicians, uh, it may be about different topics uh, to do with you know the destruction of uh, natural resources or environmental issues. And I think the students can actually refer to this as well because they're seeing this in a cross-curricular way and they're seeing these issues all over the news as well so I think this is super interesting that you can actually identify each music as it comes because you're going to find particular styles of music that cover particular things but at the same time you can find songs in an individual way that might just help you deliver a particular lesson and a particular grammar point if you like. That's absolutely amazing, Paco. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Now, I just wanted to touch upon uh, something which I saw you present about uh, when I saw you recently in Oxford, which was the grammar aerobics. Can you maybe talk about how you use that in the classroom and the the effect it has on the children's understanding of, say, phonics or sounds? Yeah, the grammar aerobics idea all comes from me wanting to combine imagery and music together. And the reason why I wanted to combine imagery and music together is because I think that sometimes in the classroom we get different types of learners. So I had this idea in mind. It's not only visual learners that I need to cater for in my classroom, but there's obviously learners that learn through very specific ways. So what I did was I took a different set of images that would relate to particular grammar endings. So just to give you an example, if you think about an emoji that you can use on WhatsApp or, or Messenger, Facebook Messenger has a, like a shocked or surprise face, relate that to a no. And then that O for me means the present tense ending so then I would associate that and I would try my students to actually make that association as well of how important it is to look at that image and then think automatically of the letter O that means I in the present tense in Spanish so this is just an example so eventually I started moving on and I would come up with more and more images for each different 
ending for all the tenses actually well i've got present tense past i've got future and within the past i also use imperfect so just to give you another example i think that the band the famous swedish band abba for me was key in teaching the imperfect in spanish with ar verbs just to give you an example and put it in context so this is what students actually see and and that is supposed to actually trigger their memories and it's supposed to actually help them memorize the key uh, endings for different verbs in in Spanish. I've tried to do it in French as well and and in German sometimes we come across the issue of how, you know, the pronunciation of it doesn't quite relate to the way it's written. So instead what I do is actually teach them that as if it was written. It's not pronounced that way, but for students it is very very useful just to have a, an additional way to memorize something that provides them with that extra tool that extra help which is essential in my opinion awesome and then the aerobics part of that do you actually get the students to stand up and to perform the different sounds as well yeah as as we move on and it gets a bit more complex of course then students have to talk in the past in the present and in the future so what i do is i put on a slide that contains just like an old fashioned sort of remote control with the pause and rewind and fast forward functions and what I do is I put those symbols on the slides and then immediately after the sort of aerobics zone is played, any sort of aerobics zone would do. And then you play it and students have to stand in one place. Obviously, they're moving their legs up and down if the verb is in present. But then they have to move a couple of steps forward if I use something that is in the future tense. And then they have to move a couple of steps backwards if it's past tense. Uh, it, it's really well illustrated on my on my website with a uh, quite a lot of examples i bet they absolutely love that i think for students as well it's, it's just it brings something different into the classroom doesn't it because um you're sometimes so pressurized and you just have to cover all these different topics and themes and and i think it just brings a bit of variety and it gets students up as well and it, and it gets them moving and a lot of students like the idea of you know kinesthetic learning is one that I've always been very much drawn to so I love to get my students moving and I believe it does have a massive impact in, in the way they learn so you mentioned your website there Paco can you maybe just tell listeners exactly where they can find out more about everything you've been saying so far yeah so my my website is the same as my twitter I've also got a uh, pinterest but my website is MFL Music Mania, it's all one word. And in there, I publish uh, sort of my ideas. I don't have time to publish everything, but a lot of the things that I do in my languages classroom, you can find on mflmusicmania.com. Uh, my Twitter is MFL Music Mania as well. So if anyone is interested in finding out a bit more about what I do, then that's the right place to go. Paco, thank you so much for joining us again, listeners. You can follow him on Twitter at MFL Music Mania. Paco, we're so grateful for your time, your genius, and just sharing with the MFL Twitterati community. My pleasure. Yeah, it's been absolutely awesome. I think um, all those tips and tricks that you've shared there, Paco, will really be awesome for language teachers from all over the world uh, listening to this podcast. I think that um, you've given them lots of practical suggestions they can try out straight away, not only in the classroom, but also giving their students distance learning opportunities as well. So thank you so much. It's been really, really amazing. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Really, really awesome stuff there from Paco. If there isn't something that you can take away from his audio as well as all the other audio tips around the use of music and song in the languages classroom, what are you doing, guys? Come on, he's amazing. He's a real leading light in the use of music in the languages classroom for the last few years. I've seen him present at a number of different conferences and he's definitely, definitely worth listening to around this particular theme. Any other final thoughts, Noah, from you? 
Absolutely. That was just such a great conversation. I had a ton of fun recording with you and Paco on that. And something that really resonated with me was the Lyrics Train website. I didn't know about it. I've actually just for fun been playing with it a little bit myself. And, you know, that interview is just the icing on the cake to this episode because, you know, for me, I'm a little bit biased. I love music. It's a big part of why I fell in love with the Spanish language. And it's just been a huge joy for me to be a part of this episode and sharing all these amazing resources, as you would say, with language teachers to bring music into the language learning classroom. At Joe Dale, episode seven in the books. Congratulations. Why don't you give everybody a heads up on what we've got coming up for the start of the school year with episode eight? Absolutely. I'm really excited about episode eight. I know the MFL Twitterati will be as well because it's around the theme of, wait for it, escape rooms. Ooh, Joe, you know I love escape rooms. I got to do an escape room with a group of teachers on Monday this week, actually. And I'm actually a part of a escape room addicts where we review escape rooms. And on Friday, I'm going to do an escape room review. Well, you're going to absolutely love our Tech Talk interview there for Noah, because it's with Graham Stanley, who is famous for his interest in the use of technology and language learning. And he's a self-proclaimed escape room nerd. And he's done lots and lots of research around the use of escape rooms. So I cannot wait to unleash that on the world in August. 2019. Absolutely, everybody. Turn in for episode eight and hear the escape room nerds geeking out. <laughs> the MFL Twitterati podcast, celebrating the voices of the modern language teaching community. If you've enjoyed this episode of the MFL Twitterati podcast, please rate and review us on Apple's podcast app so more language teachers can find us. Bonus points if you do it in the target language. You can subscribe to the NFL Twitterati podcast on the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our podcast site is mfltwitteratipodcast.com, where there are lots of references to this episode's content and all the previous episodes, too. 